welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Declare out loud, today my heart is open. My ears are alert to grow and change and never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I've heard that Pastor Mel's about to get slimed. So we lined this up perfectly for Father's Day. <laughs> so if she disappears during the service, you know why. Hey, um, I want to talk about strength and authority. And um, as I was praying about today's service, it just came to my mind that I think we live in a world, we live a life where we're often fighting for our strength and we're fighting for authority in life. It's like this, this unsaid thing out there. It's this unsaid expectation, especially as men, that we need to feel strong and we need to feel like we have authority. And I've noticed that we go through seasons that this world is fighting for this. And um, so I want to talk about it from the Bible today. And the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church of Ephesus, and he was strengthening the church on their inner doctrine. And in chapter 6 of um, Ephesians, Paul spoke how we should aim to center all areas of our life on Jesus Christ only in order to live solid, victorious lives as overcomers. Who wants to be an overcomer in every area of your life? Ephesians 6.10 says this, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. There's a theme here this morning, isn't there, through worship, the whole deal. Today, I want every man, father and husband, to know that you are strong and you are powerful, that you have strength and you have authority in your world. We live in a world where men have had their strength taken away through the deception of the devil. Men have been made to believe that we have to search and that we have to fight for strength and authority. And that last song we just sang this morning, Good, Good Father, verse 2, you said exactly that. We've been made to think we have to search for it and fight for it. But here's the deception, right? Is the strength we find through searching and the authority we find through fighting isn't really the strength and authority that we are really searching for. In fact... It has the tendency to lead us the long way around to self-destruction. And ultimately, we're talking about hell, ultimately. But self-destruction, man, if you're trying to get your strength and your authority in life through having the clever words to say when you and your wife are having an argument, you're missing it. If you're trying to find it by having the most successful business in the church, you're missing it. If you're trying to find it by having possessions like Mustangs and things like that, you're missing it. 
Who's preaching this doctrine? This is... <laughs> when we try and fight for it and work for it and strive for it, that's not what makes you a man or a woman of God. We find these things only in our Saviour. And we're going to discover, it says, today's scripture is, be strong in the Lord. Where does your strength come from? The Lord. And in the power of whose might? His might. So the power comes from the might of our God. And our strength comes from the Lord. When this was penned, it wasn't just penned for Christians. It was penned for mankind for humanity, for all of humanity only, we find our strength and our power and our might in God alone. Marshall Sigel from Desiring God says this, he says, a widespread, now, now if you're a, a seasoned Christian in the place, you might disagree with this statement until we unpack it just a little. He says, a widespread delusion is that I can do anything. If I am willing to work hard, I am stronger than I think, strong enough to do anything I want to do in the world. The reality, however, is that the vast majority of us are weaker than we realize, and yet love to think ourselves stronger. And a false sense of strength not only intensifies our arrogance and infectiveness, but it also offends our God. Wow. The scriptures come into mind that goes against what I've just said. But that's true. But Psalms 147 says in 10, verses 10 to 11, he does not delight in the strength of the horses. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man, in what we can achieve through our own power and might. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. In other words, he takes pleasure in people that realize and get on their knees and go, without you, God, I am just a mortal man. But with you, I am immortal. And with you, I have my strength. With you, I have my power. With you, I have authority. With you, I have might. With you, I can be a husband that walks in authority. I can be a father that walks with strength and power to lead his family because I know that you will lead me in my weakness and man am I weak a lot. So in my own strength, I have nothing. We often, before I had this revelation, it was a false doctrine that I was living by. And my strength was nothing. I thought I was stronger than what I was. Now I can move the mountains with my prayer, but not because of my strength, but because the authority given to me by my Father God. Amen? Now we are stronger than we think, and we can do anything in the world. I teach my kids this, but I also teach my kids that they must do it with God. Walk with God. Invite him into every prayer and situation and circumstance. Without God, you are nothing. With God, you are everything. That's what we teach our kids, amen? So we can do anything in this world. However, it isn't done in our own or on our own strength. 
It's done when we put our weakness into God's hands. In the Bible, it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, and he said to me, and this is Jesus' words, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. See, the strength of God is perfected in your life. It's not just good. He is a good father, but he's not just a good father. He's a perfect father. He is perfected when we realize without him, we are weak. Without him, we'll be led astray. Who knows that? Without him, we'll just look twice. We won't stop at once. Without him, we'll go to the club even though we know we shouldn't go. We went last time and now we're in dangerous ground. But without him, we are weak. And that's just the truth. And it's completely okay because we do have a father and all we got to do is rely on him and he will be perfected in your weakness. What does that mean? How do we unpack that? What does it mean that God is perfected in Graham's weakness? It means this, that even when I don't know where the manual book is for being a father, and my child is going through a situation, and I sit on his bed, and I've just, got, I've just got nothing really to say. In that moment, as I walk in, I say, God, I got no idea. I think you forgot. I've never done this before. I just need your help. And my son starts to tell, my daughter starts to tell me something. And the Spirit of God starts to put a word Remember in the Bible, it says, don't worry what to eat or what to wear. Don't worry. It's not about your wisdom. It's the wisdom that God's going to give you through his spirit in that moment. You don't have to think that you're a great parent. Just submit your life to God in every circumstance, and you will rise beyond the circumstance you're facing. You will look back in a a year or two, and you'll go, man, I'm an amazing parent. Like People should follow me as an example. But the truth is, is you're living out what it is to surrender and say, God, man, I'm so weak. And he goes, I'll make you strong. You know, some of us Christians, we, we look so strong and like we've got it all together to other people, right? And, and maybe you're like that. People say to you, like, you seem to have it all together. But the truth is, is we are the ones that realize we're the weakest in the room. And we're the ones that just get on our knees just a little bit more than the other. The strongest always knows that their reliance and their power, their strength and their authority comes from their master, Jesus Christ. They're the strong ones. Amen? Receive that. Today, if you feel weak or powerless in your life, weak or powerless in your marriage, weak or powerless in your faith, There is a truth that is greater than how you feel or how your situation looks. And this truth comes from the creator of the universe, the one who supersedes every situation or every circumstance. And we find out who that is in Scripture. So I'm just going to read a few Scriptures that aren't on the screen this morning. Psalms 121, verses 1 to 2. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. 
Isaiah 41. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. With his right hand, that's his power hand. Exodus 15. The Lord is my strength and he is my song. I love that. I love that. If you want your life to start singing, if you want your life like a sewing machine where it just goes smoothly through the material, I'm a sewer. That's who I am. I'm a seamstress, seamster. I'm a canvas worker by trade. And when you get a good sewing, mach- uh, sewing machine that's been serviced with oil and you just push that pedal down, <laughs> she goes, like a Mustang, really. <laughs> if you want your life to sing, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Do you believe that today? You might not feel like it, but do we live by feelings? No way. He has given you victory. This is my God and I will praise him. My Father's God and I will exalt him. Joshua, be strong and be courageous. Have authority. (laughs) Courageous. It's kind of create and courageous at the same time. Do not be frightened. Hey, church, don't walk in fear. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. What did he give you? A spirit of power, spirit of love, and a sound mind. You know what a sound mind means? It means, yeah, I'm weak, but he is strong in me. It means I don't feel like I can overcome, but I have the authority of God, my creator, in me. That's what it is to have a sound mind. You know in your mind who you are and whose you are. So be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. At home with your family, at work, with friends, and to yourself. Find your strength and your authority in God. No longer try to find it through how perfect, how wise you can be. Your strength and authority doesn't come from others. Listen to this. Your husbands, your strength and your authority doesn't come from your wife. Your strength does not come from your wife. All right? You you can be in the worst marriage here today and you can be strong. You can get spoken down to men. And when I was a tradesman, I got, basically, I got verbally abused daily, like just sworn at and cursed at all the time. That was just my foreman's natural way. He did it to everyone, but he did it to me as well. But that didn't take the strength out of me. It didn't take the authority out of me. My strength is in the Lord and what he says about me. And my authority comes from here. He said, I'm a king's kid that I'm a child of God, that I'm filled with faith and I'm filled with love. Today, some people might need to hear that your love has not been tainted by your past. The love of God has not been tainted in your life. 
and the love that you have to give to others has not been tainted in your life. Because I know this, because God says that he is love and that you are his child and he fills you with the love of God. You have a love that is so pure, so holy, so righteous, and it fills you from top to bottom. It fills your mind, it fills your heart, it fills your spirit, and it's yours to give to somebody else when you choose. That is your right, and it's your choice to make when you give that love. And I want you to know today that you have the love of God flowing into your life, through your life, and it will affect your generations, your children, your sons and your daughters and your marriage. No matter what your marriage looks like today, you have the love of peace to bring into your household. Do you receive that today? Thank you, Jesus. I just want to give us three keys this morning to access this strength and authority. For the note takers in the house. Number one, these are all A's. You'd be proud of me, church. I did a, a matching three. All A's. Acknowledge, ask, and allow. Acknowledge, ask, and allow. Number one, acknowledge. Our identity, our knowledge, our skills, our purpose all come from God. Romans 11:36 For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Let me tell you something. God will not share the glory. I love this. God will not share his glory. All things are made from him, through him, and for him. Your life was made from him, through him, and for him. Your skill sets were made from him, through him, and for him. Your mouth was made from him, through him, for him. Your marriage was made from him, through him, are you getting this? And for him. Your worship was made from him, through him, and for him. That's why we can't serve two masters. You serve one master, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Or you serve yourself. But he will not share the glory. If you serve yourself, you will not have eternity with him in heaven. But if you serve him, you will. That's it. We can't serve two masters. You were made from him, through him, and for his glory. Jesus says in the Bible that we are the, his crown of righteousness. Jesus, the Son of God, said this, that you today, just quietly just say your name. Graham, you are Jesus' crown of righteousness. Justin, you are Jesus' crown of of righteousness. Ilya, you are Jesus' crown of righteousness. Kay, you are Jesus. Isn't this an amazing thought? You are his crown of righteousness. You know why? Because we were made from him and through him and for him. So we are his crown of righteousness. Isn't that word powerful? And when I, when I deposited into my life, that my God will not share the glory, it straightened me up just a little bit. 
It made me, every time I start to, to be proud, I'm proud of you guys, I'm proud of this church, I'm, I'm proud of my wife, and I just go, but God, it's all for your glory. Would you be glorified through everything I have, everything I am, and everything I can possibly give? So Romans 11, for from him and through him and for him are all things. Once we are able to acknowledge this, we free ourselves from needing to find and fight for our strength and our authority. Because we realize that strength and authority actually does come from God and it's for God. He gives us the strength to live and to push through. And it gives us the authority to believe in ourselves and to stand strong in our daily lives. The second one is ask. Matthew 7, verses 7 to 8. He says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks find. And to him who knocks it will be open. Often when we ask God, we also have a way that we want him to answer. If we're being honest, has anyone noticed that in their life? We ask God for something and we have a way. So when you tithe, the Bible says that he'll give back, pressing down, running over. And so sometimes we tithe and we want God to give us money back and he doesn't, right? And so you wonder if the tithing thing's working but he's blessing your world. You know, you, you, you get a year or two years down the track and you go, I actually don't know how we made ends meet. Or you're going to college and you're so fearful and you make that decision with your husband or wife and you actually go to college and then you get to the end and you go, I actually don't know how that happened. You know, and it's because of his faithfulness to your tithe. And so we needed $100 this week and we didn't get that $100 this week. We needed God to rescue us from a situation. You know, I, I heard a story about um, a, a, a guy that was praying for someone, a pastor that was praying for someone, and he was, he, this person just had so many issues in their world. And one of the obvious ones was smoking. This guy was just addicted to smoking. I've got no real problem with smoking. So, but he was addicted to smoking and wanted to quit the habit and just couldn't for years and years. And so this pastor and the, 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 the person had uh, relational issues and girlfriend you know, issues and just so many things. And so we prayed for this person and he was, he was praying that God would just encounter them and move in their lives and that deliver them from things. And he was thinking about the smoking. And years and years went by, and he's just still praying for this guy. And he's going, God, you're not doing answering. But God was doing other things in that guy as well. You know, sometimes what we think we need or, or what we think really matters, from God's perspective, God's looking at it all so different. You know, God thinks, we, we think that we need God to interrupt us and save us from things. You know, the Israelites came out of Egypt and they thought they would go straight to the promised land. And when they were spent a day and a week, and the, the Korites came up to Moses and said, what on earth is going on? You're like the worst leader. Now, Moses was, was an okay leader, okay? If you're looking at leadership in the Bible, okay, Moses, you, you'd take about 80% of his leadership skills, okay? He had some to learn. But 
the Korites came up and, and were like, you know, you're, you're basically a hopeless leader. Like, we should be in the promised land. And you know what? God, God, God was reminded of somebody in that moment. Does anyone know who might be reminded of? His, his name starts with L, Lucifer, the devil. Because the Korites were full of pride. And they came and said, we could do this. And God opened the, word, the earth. He actually opened it up and swallowed them. We don't even know where they've gone. They've just somewhere. You know, if you believe that hell's in the center of the earth, maybe they went there. <laughs> if you believe he's a redeemer and gives us sanction, well, maybe they're just in heaven waiting in some nice room with lattes, boss cold brew coffees. And um, anyway, what's my point? I've got no point. This is a good story. Let's just move on. That was for someone today. Say, ask. Ask and it will be given. I wonder if you believe that. I wonder if you believe that when you ask God, he will, he will bring it. He will give it. Is your faith there? I wonder if you believe that today. Can I challenge you? To go home, and if you're like, you know what, when Pastor Grace said that, I'm, I'm actually not sure. Why don't you go home and just say, hey, God, would you give me a new level of faith? Would you just give me a new level of faith that I believe that I can ask you, and you are a good, good father, that you'll bring it? Often we ask, but we also have a way that we want him to answer. I know in my life years ago, we didn't have money to eat very well just for a, a, a little season. My wife and I asked God to provide for us. We would have liked someone to knock on our door and um, drop a check on the, on the mat. Would have been great to open the door to go to work and see our $100,000 check. That would have been awesome. But God didn't answer our prayer like that, although that's what we needed. I needed money just for lunch, to be quite honest. And what God did do is he provided for us. He provided a job opportunity. And we, like you, we already worked too much. We, we, like you, were already going, man, you work so much and you're not spending time with the kids and this. We were just like you. But God gave us a job opportunity. For about five years, my wife worked two jobs. And then for about two years, she worked three jobs. That's how God provided for us. God is a good, good father. And now I thank God that that's how we provided. You know what he did in that season? He, he helped, he gave us what we needed, but we had to work for it. And I don't know if you remember, but in the Garden of Eden, when sin came, the Lord said that man will work for his labor. And so part of that, God said, well, Graham Mal, I'll bless you. And he blessed us with a crazy job, like a good income. But you're going to work for it. In that season, God taught us how to put our faith in him. God taught us that what we think our needs are, he sees other areas, another way. I learned that there's more than one way to walk through a desert. There's circles and there's straight. With God, it can be straight. And with our own strength, we can walk in circles, perhaps for 40 years. And I learned faith, dependency, and how to manage finance. And church, we sit in this amazing facility right now, holding a lot of finance 
And aren't you thankful that God taught me a lesson of how to handle finances for this blessing that we have here today? He's a good, good father. Those years for us were some of our best years. He answered with another job opportunity. God provided, however, we had to be willing to work for it. So you ask God, but then you need to allow God. Sometimes we ask, then we continue to control the situation. Let me say that again, get you on the page. Sometimes we ask, but then we continue to control the situation. We don't actually allow God to move. We acknowledge that God is the answer, but we behave as though we are our answer. Let me say it again. We acknowledge that God is the answer, but we behave as though we are the answer. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Step back and relax. Take a moment and have assurance in your bones that God is and will step in on your behalf. Sometimes we ask God and then we need to allow God to move. Now, if you've been a Christian for a while, you know his timing's not our timing, right? Let's step back, relax, and just have this assurance in our bones that God is going to move. And then when you come to church on Sunday and your faith is built and we're singing, you're a good, good father, you're going, you haven't yet, but God, you are a good, good father. I believe that in my bones. I believe it in my spirit. I believe it in my mind. If you don't yet, train your mind to believe it. But let me tell you this. What is in your mind is not your reality. What your emotions are feeling is not what your reality is. What your spirit man says, that's your reality right there. Believe it in your spirit. Believe it in your bones. So we acknowledge, we ask, and we allow. Men, church, when we rely on God, we find our inner strength and our inner authority. Then we can speak, we can act, and we can move with confidence. No longer searching and fighting to feel strong or to have authority in your life. No longer feeling like you have to control it all. With God's strength and authority, you will be confident in how God has designed you and that you have a God who will work with you and for you. My strength and authority comes from my Lord. Amen. You believe that today? Yeah, let's give God a big shout of praise. Because he is a good, good father. He is a good God. Man, like when you walk out of these doors today and you start inter interjecting in your world and you start placing yourself in situations, you walk in with authority. Walk in with strength this week. You, you might not feel like or know what the answers are, what to say, what to do. None of that matters. He does. 
And when you open your mouth, you know in your bones, you know in your spirit that God is going to plant words on your lips. He is going to give you the actions to act in and he's going to give you the way to lead in your family, in your workplace, in your businesses, in your situation. Amen? Amen. Hey, um, you might be here today and you're thinking to yourself, like, if God is all of this, I really need to know who he is. You might be here today and you've never given your heart to God. Let me tell you something. God wants to strengthen you today. This life does not have to be the overcoming be all and end all in your world. Where it overcomes, just waking up in the morning is too much. Facing the day is often too much. The pain that you walk through is too much. The loss that you've had in your world is too much. The things that have happened to you is too much. Maybe you feel like you have no authority in your world. Your authority has been taken from you. Maybe you feel like life itself has taken your strength away. But let me tell you, our Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, never wanted it to be that way. And so He has made a way for you today to no longer be the weaker, but to be the stronger. To no longer be the victim, but to be the victor. He has made a way for you today to not be tormented in your mind, but for you to control your mind and your dreams. He has made a way today for you to not feel hopeless, but to wake up tomorrow morning full of a hope that you won't even understand. Just, I feel just so good today. He wants you to be filled with authority in your world as a woman of God. Today, He wants you to know that you can walk in such authority that you're gonna start to turn the tables in your life. Where people have been pushing you and bumping you and, and you've just been going with the wind. You can wake up tomorrow morning with an authority and a strength that comes from God if you receive Him in your life today, that will come from God and no longer will you be pushed around, but you will start to lead your life in a strength in a direction, in a purpose. Our God does all of that and more. And He starts by this. When we give our lives to Him, when we surrender, like I said, in our weakness, His strength is perfected. Your life is perfected. When we give our lives to Him, this is what He did. This is what Jesus did in the Bible on the cross. He gave His life so that you can have life. And what He did is He washed all of our sins away. What an amazing feeling that could be for you today. For God to take every sin, every torment out of your life. So church, can I just ask that we all just close our eyes in honour. If that's you today and you're like, Pastor Gray, I need this God in my life. I wanna surrender my life and give Him my life right now. I'm not gonna ask you out the front. I'm not gonna do any embarrassing, weird things, but I do wanna pray with you. And the Bible does say, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. 
And so in this place right now, would you just be bold and just lift your hand? That's all I'm gonna ask. I see your hand back there, sir. Anyone else here this morning? Just lift your hand. For every person that lifts their hands, all of heaven erupts in rejoicing. Just one more time, I'm just gonna look around if you'd like to lift your hand. Thank you, Jesus. You can put that down. Let me just pray with you this morning. Father God, I just thank you for that hand that was lifted. Father, that's a heart that has opened, a soul that is now going to be in eternity with you. And so, Father, I just wanna thank you for your love. I thank you for your salvation. Jesus, I thank you for your life. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'd come into this life right now that you'd wash everything away. The Bible says that we are new creations, that we are born again. And I pray that that would happen right now. Father, we confess every sin. And Father, we say that without you, we cannot live this life with fruit and authority and strength. And so today we give you our life and we lay it down. Although I feel weak right now in your presence, I know that I am strong here today. In Jesus' mighty name, I declare that I am a son and I am a daughter of God in this place. In Jesus' name, we all shouted, Amen. 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 Hey, sons.